I don't think that I can handle this right now. I don't think that I can handle this right now. I wouldn't get the letters if I knew it wouldn't fit. I wouldn't get the I don't think I can it. Hey. Oh, hey. hey, how you doing? <laughs> Hi. Hey, you stole my line I again. know, it's just so good. I'm sorry. Oh, my. You good morning. Welcome what? back to... It is not morning it anymore. Is. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. She you already 30 seconds in. We are so three birth professionals. And best friends. <laughs> and we are here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter. <laughs> Kim, it's not all glitter and rainbows. <laughs> Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, and I've been up for two days. <laughs> I'm Meredith Rout, and Kim made me get up this morning to visit a lovely woman about an hour away who was not in labor. <laughs> I'm Jess McKee, and I'm a doula who did not go to a birth, but I have a cold, so this should be fun. Yay. This will be interesting. <laughs> We're going to tell her, you are so good looking every time she coughs or sneezes on this podcast. So um, our episode today, I actually think that our tagline goes really well with it. What's our tagline again, Kim? It's a lot more, it's a lot more shit. Thank giggles. Because we're talking about postpartum today. Yeah. I don't think anybody thinks postpartum is glitter and rainbows, though. No. It's the fourth no. trimester. Well, some, pe- some people might think it's going to be glitter and rainbows before th- it happens to them. I think if you have a good provider, they ground you in the reality that it's yeah. not going to be glitter and rainbows. The only time giggles ever happen postpartum is when your kid farts Hysterical. and is about to crap. Or you're and they give hysteric that- and losing it and you like go walk outside for a while and just leave your and baby alone for a minute. Yeah. So this episode is brought to you by Bo Burnham, whose song we were singing. <laughs> no, I'm just not, joking. Just, just not kidding. Really, but we oh love him. Dream sponsor. Hey, Bo. Uh, He's just like oh, postpartum. Bo. Oh, Bo. Oh, Bo. Um, he gets you up. And, and then, then he brings, brings you down. down. Just like this part And then like you back up again. <laughs> and then you're back down he's again. He's like our birth high and then the uh, crash after. He's yes. definitely not sponsoring this episode. No, he's not. So who is actually sponsoring this episode? Our episode is actually being sponsored by Dandelion Doula Services. Awesome. And she, her name is Jane Hot. She is a postpartum doula that serves um, our local area near Winchester, Virginia. And she's amazing. She also contracts for my company, Flourish Birth Services, because we love her. So we will talk um, about her a little bit more during our regularly scheduled break. But I think first we have to talk about um, our week. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody got anything? I had three babies since last we spoke. Ah, that's right. Yeah. I did. I had three. They were amazing. Two awesome. were primates that caught their own babies in the water. Yeah, which oh, is like awesome. amazing with Nikki. For anybody that doesn't know, a primip is a first time mama. Uh, Thanks, Jess. Yeah. I've actually worked every day since I've been here. I haven't slept yet. I had a little nap, but I got up an hour. I had a two-hour nap. I could have had a three-hour nap, but I had coffee in the rain with my husband, which actually sounds really mm. romantic. Yeah. It sounds really cold. And but miserable. it was, yeah. It's not actually cold out. <laughs> it was a little wet. Yeah. And that brings me back to our episode about equilibrium and all about you juggling balls. I juggled those she balls. Juggled so balls those, are, those are some big balls, balls to juggle, yeah. too. I actually juggled balls a lot this week. Did you? Good job. Yeah. You. <laughs> a lot of ball juggling. We heard a little too to much about that ball juggling the other day. <laughs> yeah. We're getting really good at ball juggling. Yeah. We'll leave it up to you what, what I'm that means, about actually. Yeah, work and friends. I'm and talking about, well, I was going to say family, but that's going to sound really weird. <laughs> that does. Don't say that. How's your dad? Sounds like something. Oh, <laughs> sounds, oh come on. She's going to open the lot, but you're going like to say that. something Bo Burnham would say. Bo show. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try not to talk too much today because 
Yeah. Obvious reason. So my Just week. Just takes over anyways. That's fine. It's the I Jessica know. McGee podcast. Welcome back. Featuring. That's not true. Um, Featuring her minions, Kim and Meredith. <laughs> so my week was actually pretty boring. I was very lazy. I didn't work out at all, which I was reminded nice. of oh, a lot by were. one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. Did she work out without you? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh she yeah. saw She's Chuck hardcore. at the gym and made she sure to tell him that Jessica was being lazy. <laughs> yeah. Threw you right under that bridge. Mm-hmm. She did. Right under that bus. I was just like, oh, oh God, my fat butt made that bus really <laughs> like a <big> speed bump. <laughs> Um, but other than that, I, I painted a little bit this week. Oh, yeah, you're oh, always right. Looks it looks so clean. And I worked on our social media. Killing it. And we took the kids to... Oh, my God. We went yeah. out after I had not slept yet, and we did um, yeah. a little parade activity. That's right. Oh, yeah, that parade's And then really we nice went to the brewery. Where I apparently was sleep drunk and said really crazy things. It's maybe inappropriate. Kim, Kimberly no, might I do that every once in a while. That. I made that up. <laughs> what did you do? Did uh, we already talk about that? No. I went to my grandma's house and yeah. made pounds and pounds of chocolate peanut butter balls, tying yeah, into the balls. Which thing. I ate a lot of that night. Sh- I came over. Mm. So good. Sweaty balls. I made did you make Kevin sh- sweaty balls? That's what you were calling them. Sweaty, sweaty balls. Did they taste good in your mouth? <laughs> They're salty and sweet. <laughs> did you juggle them? I had to, yes, because you have to dip them in chocolate. And you're like, ah, 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 chocolate. Ah, ah. So, yeah, that's what I did. I made chocolate and nice. decorated a Christmas tree. It was real domestic and really boring because wow. I'm off call. That doesn't sound boring and at yet all. And yeah, I called you last night anyway. Yeah, last night was the only night that I stayed up this whole time, been off call and not been in bed by 10. I stayed up until like 2 working on Christmas stuff. And then, of course, she called like two Sorry. hours later. Sorry about that. Wow. <gasps> well, that was silly. Yeah, that's okay. So, okay. let's talk about postpartum. Um, So, postpartum, I, I think it's a... Well, I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot. When we get to our subject, it's a really important subject. And we are not going to touch even Yeah, just like V-Bag, there's too many things to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So um, I also just wanted, we were talking before this episode when it comes to that. Um, we had a suggestion that maybe we should start doing um, for some of those bigger um, subjects <laughs> Some of those bigger <laughs> things that we talk about. You just about can't fit all in at once. That maybe, um, <laughs> since one episode only covers the tip of the iceberg, which brings <coughs> me to an... Just uh, the anyway, tip. I'll come back to that. What's the um, point, Allegra? That we should actually start maybe doing podcast series on some of those mm-hmm. subjects. Um, so let us know what you think about that. If you think that's a good idea to do like several episodes in a row about one. Yeah, like a about, topic that you want to hear about yeah, more. Yeah, kind of like because there was so much more we could have covered about VBAC last yeah. week. Um, this will force us to, to actually tackle. research yeah. instead of just off the cuff. Like yeah. we've been research doing. is just like 10 minutes before. It's fine. It's fine. Speaking of which, like... Um, I was thinking about how we should change that metaphor for like, it's just the, well, just the tip of the iceberg, dot, dot, dot of the iceberg, because like how many people have ever actually seen a freaking iceberg? I've not. No, yeah. I saw the Titanic, and I will never take yeah. a cruise. It's because not of very it. relatable, but you didn't see the bottom of I was the iceberg. Say, in the Titanic. No, I mean, I guess if you dive. So I had this really interesting conversation: how we should talk about how it's like just the tip of a pubic hair. Because yeah, have you oh ever had God, like? That's what she was. 
<laughs> She's having flashbacks from the brewery like, the other day. She had can't an remember. Conversation. Have you ever I don't had, like, remember. a tiny little pubic Ew, hair, and I you can't. gotta pluck it out. And oh my god, it like never stops. Just keeps going. Oh my god, <laughs> that, I, don't, I can't. I feel I like do. the Doctor Pimple Popper oh, or whatever stop. does that <laughs> so much. I've never actually seen it. Yeah, but I've heard that that's highly floor. featured. I don't do skin stuff. I'm, I can't. Yeah. It's because so, she had a really traumatic waxing experience. Yeah. So for for any future <laughs> podcast, when we say just the tip, we're, we're talking about we're not talking hair. about icebergs anymore. We're talking either about penises or about pubic hair. And then you'll the you'll subject. hear Kim gag for either I situation. It's the one subject so I cannot <laughs> do. I cannot. <laughs> Which is funny because you have like skin cancer every day, so you. I do really have no problem having skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it was right. It was cancer. So fuck you. All right. So let's get back Hashtag to it. survivor. Let's. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't think that's politically correct at all. I don't think half the shit we say is politically you correct. Are, I mean, you, you, are hash- you are She's hashtag scarred. blessed. Kim. I am hashtag blessed. It looks can like we it- do an episode called hashtag blessed? Yes, yes. we can. And I'm going to have Katrina on for that one oh, because she's hashtag no. more blessed than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to just the tip of talking about postpartum. Um, so I feel like people especially first time moms, they, I mean, I know that I did. I'll talk about my first experience. I was a doula and I was like, you were one of those. Yeah. I had people that had warned me about what, how much having a kid changed your life. And I was like, in my head was like, well, that's not going to happen to me because I'm just going to give birth to this Zen little hippie baby. Who's (laughs) going to ride around on my chest with my tit in its mouth and it's never going to cry. And I can just do everything I've always done before. I also feel like your oldest has turned out to be the least hippie. She was literally a demon spawn. (laughs) She was. She could not have been a more difficult child. It was horrible. horrible. She was like, I gave birth to a, baby cougar and she just <laughs> screamed for four months straight yeah horrible. I, and and i had like a really over like active milk supply which i know some people so have you were opposite, basically just like ground, drowning her all the but, time so but she because of that she refused to nurse in like normal positions so every time i nursed i had to lay flat lay on, on my back her, she is 11 yeah yeah and still like that everything has to be yeah. like yeah. she's so smart but yeah. everything has to be just so yeah. just so so i would go out in public and lay on nursing You're still in nursing mother rooms <laughs> floors and oh. other moms would be like like cradling their baby to their breast and, and, and mine them. would be like crawling on top of my <laughs> chest like a like a like, like a gremlin or something <laughs> lila so the whole point of that story um was that sometimes a lot of times postpartum can take us by surprise mm-hmm. and it's not what we ex was it's another bo burnham thing lower your expectations lower <laughs> your expectations <laughs> you're welcome bo burnham for all this free advertising <laughs> and um, we I'm sure you greatly you. appreciate it <laughs> if you ever want us to be guests on your show oh um, my god i will come wrapped up like a chipotle burrito we'll i don't do even that. care Whatever we'll do you that need. We'll dress up as giant yeah. microphones so he yeah. can do that one. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I don't think that would go over well with your partner. I would, I would eat a burrito with a fork for that. Hell yeah, I would. <laughs> so you know, just to um, what you were saying, I found that a lot of women mm-hmm. who have time with their partners, like they have a couple of years, they travel, they do all this great stuff, and they seem to have a harder time. Yeah, because they're used to being independent. Yeah, they're like, they're doing their own thing, life's easy breezy, and then you have this tiny gremlin enter in, and you're like, wait, I can't fucking shower? Yeah. 
right now, like I'm used to yeah. going off to Ireland whenever the hell I feel like it. Exactly. Now I can't even take a ship by myself. Like, yeah. And it's not just shocking. The, the physical load of it that you have to like watch and take care of this tiny human while but the, healing but the mental load of like knowing it i mean i remember feeling like and it's not um it's not very it, do, it doesn't make any sense um but i remember feeling like okay this is my life now my life is never going to be there's different no yeah. there's yeah there's no yeah. end you you're a mom now it like it's a completely different shift it's a complete shift in identity and I yeah. do try to tell, like, if that's one thing I could get through to people, like, I swear to all things holy, there's an end to every single phase. But yes. if you haven't been through it before, it's like, you just cannot see the tunnel. You like, can't the end see of it, it. It's just gone. Can I share what one of our, I'm, we'll read the whole story, but I want to share what one of our, our people that wrote in said about the advice that you gave them that was, like, the most helpful. Yeah, because uh, we're not just here to scare the crap out of you. We're actually here to talk about, like, real advice about postpartum to make it easier. Yeah. We're just setting the tone. <laughs> just setting the tone for lower your <laughs> expectations. Just, just being honest. Yeah. So one of our clients wrote in um, that Kim, the best advice that Kim gave her was one day your toddler will come up to you and go, I love you, mommy, and it'll all be worth it. Oh, did That's I say cute. that? Mm-hmm. Oh. I remember you saying that. It is true. It is. And they, or when you're nursing that first time, they're able to like recognize you and they like reach up and pat your boob or they pat your face and your whole Aww. heart melts. That one out of a hundred seconds makes it worth it. Thank the rest God of the time hormones. you just want to chuck them out the window. Yeah. But I have a big piece of advice um, that it's not actually super technical, but um, with your, my first baby, I allowed her to, a lot of kids when they're nursing, they want to twiddle your other oh nipple God, while they're like, nursing. Why are you letting her do that? And I was just like, Ugh. okay, I'm just going to let her do Developing it. Developing fine motor skills. Once that no. becomes a habit, it does not go away nope. and it'll make you want to effing kill yourself. Yeah. And she's the one I talked about or that them. still reaches yes. up and tweaks your nips she to does. get your attention. She does. Yeah. Not anymore though, I don't think. No. Well, she hasn't done it in a long time. Yeah. And so the, Now they smack butts. Yeah. So oh my second baby, I made sure that that other nipple was like on guard, like something <laughs> was lockdown. covered constantly. If she I'm imagining like a nipple shield with like spikes coming yeah. out of it. But I remember she was always naked. So even at like four years old, she'd be laying there on your lab, completely yes. butt ass naked nursing. And then she'd like wave to me when I walked in and talk around. You're like, yeah. hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. <laughs> hey, Ren, who is always naked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She did not get to twiddle my nipple. <laughs> so so if so you don't tiny. want your other nipple twiddled for, for like the rest of your life, as long as you can foresee in the future, just don't let it happen. And that to start can be with. cute. Like some of them do like the hair playing, and yeah. then they'll like mine will play with my hair even still. Like yeah, you yeah. know. Whatever Funny place with my hair, Aww. but then she pulls it while we're sleeping, and it's awful. I like she, the my ear. My hammer doesn't do that. You can't I like, like the, ear oh, the ear thing. Have you met the ear rubbers? Oh yeah, yeah that's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so what are some things that helped? Like I know that you haven't been postpartum yet, Meredith. Yeah, no, that's I why I don't you, have children. You yet, deal so with a lot of that. clients. We ha- um, we got your postpartum. Back, I'm just gonna drop them off. I'll and nurse your own baby with one of those tubes. Yeah, I'll put a little tube in. So let's let's collectively talk about some of our advice that we've seen personally or for clients before we read any um, advice or stuff that we got from other clients. What are some things that helped you, Kim, postpartum? Because you have a lot of experience I in that department. I so postpartum. So it took me a really long time, thanks to my guilt. Mom guilt is the worst, but asking for help mm-hmm. is so important, and I just never did it. So I never did it. I never asked for meals. I never asked people to come take my kids. And it wasn't until you came to Florida 
to help me with Evie. Well, Jessica got me through two postpartums. So hire Jessica <laughs> to just be your best friend and she'll take care of you. But someone did a meal train for me, probably you, when I had Brock. And I couldn't believe, I had, for a month, people brought me food. I don't and remember it was if just it was the me. most magical. It doesn't sound like me. It doesn't sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> just to know that I could just lay there and nurse and someone would bring food for my family. Yeah. It like yeah. saved my life. Yeah, and I couldn't trains. believe it. And then I did ask Chuck's mom last time, like, is there just like one or two days a week that you would come and take Evie so I can sleep? And she did. And and Hope would come and take them sometimes. My yeah. mom came for a weekend. Just asking for help, which people want to do. Yes. It saved my life. Like I was I got really depressed for a while because I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like I try not to let it show, but when you're not sleeping and you feel Everything like my life is never going to be better, yeah. yeah, you go nuts. So then, and then you would just come show up and take Evie. So just having a village, which is our next episode yeah. of people to help you. Oh my God. Just do it. Yeah. Swallow your pride. You are hmm. not less of a woman. You said swallow. Swallow whatever <laughs> you need to swallow to get some fucking <laughs> postpartum help. And here's, listen, and, and the other, and then I'll, and then I'll move on to someone else. But, um, I didn't ask Chuck for help for a really long time. Like, I don't know how many kids we had that I would just be like, no, no, I got it. Like he would get up and he was so helpful. Thank God. But I didn't, I'd like, no, go, you go to work. Yeah. Stop on your way home. Yeah. You know, no, go do whatever. And then I would just like all that resentment built until I was like, shit, I need a fucking break too. Yeah. So I talked to him and I was like, I really need to do something for myself. Like even if it's just a half hour walk when you come home or sleeping for one hour when you get home. And as soon as I started doing that, like resentment went away and um, I'm going to talk about that later. Just my life got easier. You just have to open your mouth <laughs> and tell <laughs> people what you need. Like open it's your so, mouth and because swallow, we can't swallow it down. Pride. We can't blame... <laughs> We can't blame our rise in postpartum depression on just the lack of support if we're not willing to ask like yeah. take help. steps to prevent like, again, it. Again, yeah. we have to take our own steps. Yeah. So, so important. I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more in the episode, but it, also being part of a community, knowing that, like, be that person who, instead of saying, let me know if I can help you, because... 90% of moms are not going to do no, that. We'll say, yeah, say you know, like, no. say, oh, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to grab you something to eat. What did? What do you want? Oh, I'm driving by your house. Can I come in and clean your bathroom? Just Or just mm-hmm. do it. Just yeah. drop yeah. food off. Yeah. I and and be, the kind off. Of, be the kind of, um, the, be the kind of guest. Because so, a lot of people, they feel guilt again like they need to let all the people they love like mm-hmm. come visit and see and their that's baby exhausting. like you're not sleeping you're not yeah. focusing on your child when you're doing that and just trying to post people yeah so I, I feel like don't have people in your space in those early weeks unless they're people that are willing to help because there are there are moms that will come and you end up waiting on them yeah I know which is not my experience my mom comes and she to my your house postpartum yeah. she, but your mom gets it though like yeah. she works in the field it's like for people who don't necessarily yeah. understand birth work as well she bustles around like Need a magical genie doing tea doing coffee food, here's a sandwich eat my, another sandwich cleaning my bathroom <laughs> I worked doing with all the things that had this piece of paper that she'd put on the front door of the woman's house. I was like, Hey, I just had a baby in the last couple of weeks. And 
when you come in, like these are the things that would be helpful and please don't just come in expecting yes. to hold my baby. And it was like doing laundry, cleaning the bathroom, like all the things we we're talking about. But I think having that on the door for people to see and remind them that those are yeah. what helpful in those situations was so important because like mm-hmm. you said, a lot of people aren't going to ask. Yeah. So it's kind of like when we talk about bodyguarding as midwives, it was like another form yeah. of body bodyguarding their postpartum time. We talk to a lot of people who they don't get that the first time because, you know, we you hear these things and you're like, oh, that's not going to happen to me I'll be fine and then it's it's not till successive postpartums which we have letters about that that they finally get it and they're like take the help you need to take the help the help and this goes back to like to our juggling episode yeah women are just like expected to do all these things like yeah I've had dads oh I can't even believe it they will say I'll say the, she can't get out of bed for two weeks. Like, of mm-hmm. course she can get out of bed, but I'd like to see her resting for two weeks because that's the prime time for healing. And they're like, wait, wait. Or like a third time dad who's, who's gonna changing do, a diaper for the first time. Yeah. Well, who's going to do, what do you mean I have to take two weeks off? Or I don't understand. My mom always went right back. Okay, well, this is why our postpartum depression rate is so damn high is yeah. we're expecting too much of our moms and dads need to rest too. And this is why we have so many women in their forties, fifties, sixties, whose like uteruses are prolapsing out of their vaginas because they didn't get that time to heal. Like Mm -mm. all of your ligaments, all of your muscles have to go back to their pre-pregnancy size. And if you're getting up and mopping the floor while holding a baby and cooking dinner, they're not going to. And then you're going to hit menopause. So many moms are doing dishes when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. What? Or cleaning their toilet. I'm like, can you, I can't. And if you don't, and if you doubt it, like Google what happens to the female anatomy, like during pregnancy and then immediately postpartum. So you can see just the movement of the organs, what has to happen. Like it is absolutely insane. And it's exhausting the healing process too. It takes so much energy from your body. And the more babies you have, typically the harder the postpartum healing is. But then our moms here like, oh my God, I just feel so good because I wasn't in the hospital. So I didn't have drugs and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, don't use that energy to heal inward. Like you've Mm -hmm. got to rest. But the guilt keeps us from doing it. Because how often do women lay in bed for even an hour, let alone two weeks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then people don't realize that even if you feel good, that those, uh, if you're not sleeping and you're not resting, that it does add up. And then you might feel great at two days postpartum them, but, but you're gonna feel like crap at two yeah. weeks or three like weeks. Bleeding might sure. pick up or not it's, stop it's, for upwards. You're of going six to weeks start feel pro- progressively worse, and that's when you're trying to go back out into the real world. Mm-hmm. So take all the time you need to heal. It's so 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 important. Lay well, down. You're, eat. Nurse. You were talking about like advice too. Like obviously, like you said, I haven't done postpartum, but I feel like counseling and. Um, like pelvic floor therapy, mm-hmm. whether it's like a PT, a Cairo, yeah. somebody who's like helping you heal postpartum. Because even if it's just your first baby, what happens in that birth is going to affect all future pregnancies and yep. labor. Definitely so I does. like set yourself up for success. Like one, go to counseling because like we were saying earlier, it is a huge life shift that you have to process. And we just expect women to like be mothers all of a sudden. And it's like yeah. a huge thing to expect yeah. of people without support. And then pelvic therapy, I think is really important too. My mom yeah. is always shocked by how many women she's like their vaginas are just ruined like everything's falling out and we have all this like let's fix it with mesh hey how about we fix it with a proper postpartum and then then you don't have urinary incontinence right yeah you shouldn't be peeing yourself if you are thinking about not resting for at least the first week google that mesh they put up in your badge to hold up your organs and all the the recalls they've had 
that's ridiculous. So no, I'm not saying that after five kids, I can't. I can jump we on do a not trampoline do bouncy houses. while drinking because I will piss myself. But you know what? I mean, I've seen it. It's glorious. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Only if you laugh really Just hard. ignore that. It's fine. But I've had five kids, so... That does not happen to me. My Kegels are solid. Oh, no, mm-hmm. mine too. I don't. I only do it when I'm drinking with Bobby Joe at Loray and we're uh, jumping. Yeah, we're those bouncy pillows. The- <laughs> yeah, it was so good. <laughs> I also I was feel like, like I'm peeing myself. She was like, me too. Well, she also, Bobby Joe also has like a million kids too. <laughs> but so are all the kids that are also bouncing. So <laughs> yeah. who cares? That sounds awesome. I do feel like we have normalized like peeing after having a baby. Like that's not normal. That shouldn't be your. No. Like, we talked no. about lowering expectations, but you should have high expectations of your yes. pelvic floor. If I floor. can have five kids. Kids and sneeze without peeing my pants. You should be able to have two kids and sneeze. And if you can't, um, and and this is something that I think it's important to talk about too, especially in like Europe, those the countries they realize how important healing your pelvic floor is, and so that's included in like all births is mm-hmm. that they have specialists they can go to to like check how their muscles are doing and giving them individualized exercises to make sure that stuff is healing correctly because that'll affect not only peeing but it affects your sex life for the rest of your life oh, for sure yeah so Jess we talked about meal train we talked yeah, about counseling and public therapy and having supportive family and friends yeah. so what what's and if your you if you don't have or I just want to say real quick if you don't have family and friends around here that can do that for you or like a church community then um there are postpartum doulas yeah. you can hire to help with that kind of stuff it's which a we'll less talk about. known but growing field yeah it's it really important but it is a great gift if you ask for it for like your shower but yeah. again that's still asking and some people can't afford that so yeah. Well, it's, I think it's so it's so much if you don't have anybody to help you and your your partner has to go back to work, like I think it's more important than a ton of baby swings right. and all the yeah, like p- have people throw in money for that yeah, during throw your baby in money shower. for postpartum doula care cuz that's going to set you up for your parenting to actually, you know, to go forward in a positive way. Um I would say that postpartum for me personally um I definitely think one of the best things you can get is like invest in a good baby wrap mm-hmm. or baby wearing device like a beluga wrap. like a beluga wrap one that stretches four ways mm-hmm. yeah um I don't know what I would have done I don't know how I could have even had kids without wraps because it's part of that mental workload that it's like no matter what you're trying to do your your kid wants you because in the fourth trimester they want to be on you all the time mm-hmm. and you feel like you can't What can, is the fourth trimester? The fourth trimester it's like um you have three trimesters of pregnancy mm-hmm. and so they're talking about how the first 3 months after you have a baby is sort of like a fourth trimester the baby and you still are one unit even though they are now on the outside. We need to get this information out there. Yeah. And so I've got stats. Because insurance pays for the first three trimesters. So if we figure out how important the fourth is, I think insurance could eventually pay for postpartum. Maybe we'll actually get some legit maternity and paternity leave in our country. And Mm -hmm. having expectations that that your baby for those first three months, it's super important for them. You're not going to spoil them. It's super important for them to be physiologically near you and to have all those things they had when they were inside, hear your heartbeat, they, your breathing, and your temperature helps Movement. them regulate all those things. Um, so baby wearing helps you still accomplish adult things and be able to maybe clean your house a little bit or, you know, just not feel so weighted down by this little human being because you can get up and have your arms free, which is huge. saving. Yeah. You could drink coffee. Or wine. Or wine or both. <laughs> oh, 
Neither, none of us, none are, of drinking us are drinking today. today yeah. No, we're this not. This is a dry really. podcast. <laughs> Sorry if it's so labor than usual. Dry. <laughs> and I took Allegra, so it's even drier. <laughs> it I still haven't figured out why you took Allegra for a cold. But. Because Jessica doesn't like medication, <laughs> so she just wanted to dry herself out. She didn't want to stop anything from happening. I feel like naturally. Tylenol is the devil, and it's in every single cold and flu medication. And I don't mm. even usually take cold and flu medication, but I knew I had to talk into this microphone for a couple hours today, so I was like, we better dry this we'll dish We'll disinfect up. that later. Yeah, you can. Mm. We'll just Lysol. I'll spray some silver on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't um, ruin his equipment so what what time are we at guys is it time for a break let's um, do a little can anybody break. tell I can us tell you right where we're now. at because we're not keeping track one of it second it's we are at like half an hour oh perfect okay <laughs> um so let's have a little break let's let's stop and we will have we will talk about postpartum doula services excellent cue the music oh yeah So today's sponsor is Dandelion Doula Services. Who is Dandelion Doula Services? Her name is Jane Hot. She is an amazing postpartum doula. Um, She offers evidence-based care and support from a place of experience. She's a mother of two, and she's also a two-time survivor of postpartum depression. She now uses those experiences to help other mothers during the fourth trimester, or the postpartum period, in other words. She tries to ease the transition of bringing baby home and settling into their new life. Her goal with every family is to sow the seeds of confidence and compassion for mother and child. So how does she do this? Well, Dandelion Doula Services offers many things that can help do that, from light housework to child care to cooking, anything that she can do to ease that transition and make life easier for you in the postpartum period. Um, look her up on her website. It's dandeliondoulaservice.com. Um, and that's Dandelion Doula Service without an S, just service. Com. If you look it up, services, it will be in California, and we are in Virginia. Um, okay, so this break is over. All right, welcome back from our regularly scheduled break, complete with elevator music, where we talked about the amazing Jane Hot. Um, so we thought that we would use that as a segue because um, Jane talked about how she had postpartum depression. Everything we've talked about thus far has been how hard postpartum can be even when everything is going normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it brings it up a whole nother level when you throw in postpartum depression. So we wanted to talk about... Um, start a conversation about postpartum depression because it's still a very taboo thing and for moms to admit that they're having a problem with it. Um, Meredith, did you look up some of the stats about postpartum depression? Can you share some of those with us, please? So one out of seven women, and this is in the U.S., so one out of seven women um, will develop postpartum depression after birth in the first year. So that's about 600,000 women a year. So it's good to clarify that postpartum depression doesn't start when your baby, like, comes out. Mm-mm. It often sets in. Yeah, it mm-hmm. often sets in weeks or months later. Yeah, yeah, one of the worst cases I've ever seen was she was great for like a month, and then around four weeks, things got really, really rough for her. So, mm-hmm. just because it's later on doesn't mean it's not postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this is really interesting when you include women who have a miscarriage or a stillbirth, that number actually jumps from six hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand. Oh, wow. And I feel like that's a community of women that don't get recognized as much. Yeah. Because that's a taboo subject as well, talking right. about infant loss, especially. That's all. That's like a, a three-episode podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. And then 
also something I thought was really fascinating was those numbers are comparable for adoptive parents as well because there's one the issue similar issues as like as in sleep deprivation change yeah. in life like circumstances but then you add in the you know the stress of being an adoptive parent like all the legalities and going to court and wondering if you know you're going to get to keep the baby you've adopted or if the parents are going to change their mind yeah so so it covers like all sorts of genres mm, of parents genres genre um and i i feel like what I've noticed with people is that it can be really hard to admit that people who are suffering from postpartum depression, um, they don't want to admit that they're happy. It makes, they makes them feel like they're a bad mom. If they say like, I'm not happy being a mom right now or the mom guilt kicks in and like silences you. And also that one in seven is just of reported cases. So think about how many unreported cases of postpartum depression there There are. There's probably a lot. Yeah. more cases than discussed a few weeks ago a mom was like she was saying that she was worried about her postpartum and she is setting herself up for success but she was also like really down on herself saying i only have one kid right now and i just feel like i can't even keep up with it like you mm-hmm. have five and i don't see you posting things about drowning and i'm like well i do i just tell jess and post meredith. them to meredith and jessica just because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're like she was just hating herself for having these feelings and that's step one is you have to accept you have the feelings and then reach out for help and Mm -hmm. she's doing the right thing by um, acknowledging it acknowledging it but she needs to acknowledge it like you can't compare yourself to other people like we all have certain limits and social media really plays a part in that as well because you people aren't posting I mean some like mommy bloggers are trying to show the real side of postpartum but it's still not really showing that reality and the majority of parents are posting these pictures of like oh god hashtag I'm so blessed and my baby and so beautiful and my house and they're only showing like one clean square inch of their home because they've kicked everything out of that corner exactly (laughs) and they might be struggling and crying in real life but you can't see that on the picture and so uh, it's this impossible standard for other moms to live up to I've heard the show Working Moms is actually pretty great for that, like being very yeah. grounding about what the realities of being a I've heard that show's mom really are. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like don't but even if you know people in real life, like don't compare yourself to other people because yeah. um, some people are better at hiding their feelings than others, even if they feel like they're struggling. Um and I know I did make that. them stronger. It just means no. that they're probably gonna have to deal with those feelings for a lot longer than the people who are like owning them and yeah. working through them. Yeah, and even in normal postpartum, I know moms, they just tend to compare themselves and their kids to, to everyone, to everybody. Like, oh, my kid stood up first or my kid read first and, you know, like my kid potty trained first or my kid doesn't wear shoes and has markers all over her face all the time. Um <laughs> Well, think oh, and also like the run again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, also like one thing we have like hormones. Like we haven't really mm-hmm. dived into the hormones of postpartum super deep, but Men- because mental health. I mean, this is about mental health, yep. and we just don't talk about those things. Yeah, but I mean, minute little things can make a huge difference in your mm-hmm. experience, and you can't really see your hormones to know how they're going to affect you. So, like, you right. have to like give yourself the space to feel what you're feeling because. It's chemical. It's not something mm-hmm. you can control with yeah. like positive thinking. Yeah. And it's, it is a very hard life transition. So like having a hard time doing that, you know, people have 
get depression after they get married or move or and have a new job, like any kind of life transition and mm-hmm. having a baby, I feel like is so much bigger than any of those things. And then you're mm-hmm. also dealing with grief because you've lost your freedom, whether mm-hmm. you say it that way or not. If you go yeah. for 30 years doing whatever you want and then now you have to take yeah. care of this little gremlin, yeah. like there's a grief feeling that you, goes with that. You do have to say goodbye to the life you had because even if your life goes back to a new normal, it's still not going to be exactly what your old normal was like you are forever changed by having a child um i want to talk a little bit about things that we can do to set ourselves up to and things that can be risk factors for postpartum depression um and then talk a little bit about getting help if that's something that's occurring Mm -hmm. um i have a really interesting article about some new studies that are being done about how the type of birth that you have really can affect postpartum, your postpartum depression uh, rates. And so it was talking about, this one article was talking about specifically how they're finding that using Pitocin Mm -hmm. during labor and birth um, can increase postpartum depression and anxiety by 36%. That was an article on PubMed. It's quite like it's common sense when you think about it because when we give ourselves a synthetic drug, then our naturally occurring yeah, hormone like with or chemical stops producing because your body's like, I don't need to make oxytocin. Yeah. I'm getting pitocin right now. Yeah. So then you're unable to produce that love comfort hormone after you've had it flushed through your system in the hospital. Yeah, because that's an interesting thing about oxytocin is that it is a identical synthetic hormone too natural oxytocin um but it does not pitocin pitocin is a synthetic oxytocin oxytocin Mm -hmm. um but they found it doesn't cross your blood brain barrier the way natural oxytocin does and so natural oxytocin it's not only responsible for causing contractions but it causes that love feeling it's the same high it's and the same thing we were your breastfeeding. And, yeah. yeah. It's and the it, same thing we release that causes us to like when we have sex or when we kiss somebody mm-hmm. or when we like hug, except it's like hundreds and hundreds of times higher when you're giving birth mm-hmm. to cause so that bonding. While you're not getting that high from the synthetic oxytocin, AKA Pitocin, it still affects your body's way of producing your naturally, you're naturally producing oxytocin. Mm-hmm. That didn't come out right. Thanks yeah. to sleep deprivation, but, <laughs> but it makes sense. I mean, yeah. So you're starting out right off the bat lower than you would have before. Yeah. Well, well sorry. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I guess Meredith, we're just like welcome, also talking about to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about risk factors, and I would think too having a birth. You talked about birth experiences affecting your risk for postpartum depression. I feel like we also talk of this ties into like that cascade of interventions that are really disempowering yeah. for a mom. So when you walk away from your birth experience feeling disempowered, yeah, then you're going to be more likely to develop postpartum depression because I, we always talk about how the birth is like the icing on the cake. We're just like setting yourself, we're just setting you up for success as a parent. It's like the first step in that journey of parenthood. And when that starts off as a really disempowering experience, that's yeah. going to fuck with you emotionally afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think I I've agree. dropped the F-bomb twice in the last five seconds. Sorry. Wow. Look at you go. Go, <laughs> Meredith, go. And yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. And then there's also other interventions that, and, and none of this is to like guilt anybody because Mm-mm. guilt also can play. So if you really need these things in your labor, then obviously the um, benefits are outweighing the risks. It's right. just being aware. Right. But they've also found that... Um, using pain medication messes with the natural release of hormones mm-hmm. um, because when it comes to those feel-good hormones that you're supposed to release in birth, you're also releasing, it's like a very like t- finely tuned thing of like endorphins and oxytocin and all these other hormones. And then 
your body stops producing endorphins at the same rate, which it's that's what makes you feel good after you do a hard exercise. But again, right. like hundreds of times more than that. Um, and so it's important for people to be aware when they're making decisions for their birth because some people don't realize that it does. It doesn't just take away your pain. It also messes right. with your hormonal response and it, labor. It, so much. So, like, we've said this before when we go in, if someone needs an epidural, which is totally fine and does happen, they'll offer pain medications. And my yeah. reason for saying no, besides the fentanyl, which I'm not going to get on yeah, that that's so a new episode, um, is I'll say, listen, if they give you that shot, when it wears off, which it doesn't really do much anyway, it just makes you high as a kite and you're still yeah. in pain, your body will not produce the painkilling that you need to get be, you through to the epidural. Then you'll be in more pain than you right. were before. And it's horrible. So Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just... And so the point of that is to, like, research these things when you're you're thinking of what kind of birth you want to have because everything you do to, to mess with that physiological process does have... another effect it's like a domino effect Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's all of those things together but if so if you are experiencing postpartum depression what are some things that are that we think it's important for people to know that it's normal yeah Yeah. and it's not their fault i would say it's normal it's common it's common i mean i think it's more common i see more women um feeling down than i do them feeling like wow this was Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. You know, everything is perfect. Yeah. Um, I want to point out, too, that it's it's important to know if you have a history of anxiety or depression, this usually comes back twofold postpartum. So, so just to kind of be aware. It's that. like a risk factor, which you asked what would help. But yeah. I just wanted to say. Well, in that, that, in that context, then, like, counseling would be a great idea, even prenatally, to help set yourself up for success. Everyone should have a therapist. That's true. Yeah. That's so true. I think, and I think it goes back to we were talking about don't be afraid to ask for help even in a normal postpartum. Don't be afraid to ask for help and to talk to your providers if you're feeling this way right. because yeah. you're not going to... Asking for help is the first step and and your providers might notice it during, you know, routine visits, but dads or or partners are also the number one people usually that notice it. So if mom's not eating enough, like if she doesn't want to eat, if she doesn't want to drink, really detached, she can't sleep. She's detached. She's, you're not getting any emotion from her. Um, You can speak up as well, partners to help with that. And I want to just touch on that. Like, I know every pregnancy when I was in the hospital, you fill out this little form, you know, like your postpartum Mm -hmm. scale. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that during one pregnancy, I had a really hard time. And so when I filled out my form, it was really high, like way higher than it should have been. And I was like, oh, shit, like I'm like on the struggle bus right now. And and what do I do? So I turned the form in and they did they did nothing. I wanted to say that I feel like in standard care, a lot of your providers aren't going to catch it. So you have to you you have to advocate for yourself or have Mm -hmm. a family member or a partner who advocates for you because. Um, in my experience, like it's not going to be, no, no. thankfully with the care that we do, we have like an hour plus for our appointments so we can dive into it a little more mm-hmm. deeply. But when you're having 15 minute long appointments, it's really not enough time. So no, get a referral. Might not have resources. Yeah. And the other thing is we are, we do spend time with moms, but the first couple times I had moms that really needed help. And I mean more help than just talking for mm-hmm. an hour. They really needed some extra care. I had to start researching where to send them because I just didn't know. Yeah, there just are me. not enough mental health like resources for women postpartum. So it, we yeah. researched that forever yeah. and ever. Um, so you've got to actually like 
And I know when you're depressed, you don't reach out and that's the problem. But yeah, that's um, why you have a provider or somebody you trust who can like help navigate that and with if you. If your provider is not helping you reach out to someone else, it, it, it could be hormonal. It might be something that's yeah. off that's causing these feelings mm-hmm. that no amount of talk therapy will fix. Yeah. So, and so it doesn't necessarily mean you need medication. Some people might need medication, but you know, for some people it could be like supplements because giving birth and breastfeeding can, you know, take down some of the supplements that help us our mood mm-hmm. and um, well, placenta encapsulation is yeah. a growing yeah. practice which helps with postpartum depression exactly or yeah. some people just need someone to talk to just need therapy but then some people might need some more um some more medical measures um and if you need to do that it's not something you feel, need to feel guilty about yeah. um okay so i think that we are going to take another short and um, not somewhat silly, not planned break. Oh. Um, I must have been napping when you talked about this. And then we're <laughs> gonna, eating. Then we're going to come back and um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the letters and comments that people sent us about their personal experiences with postpartum. I'm excited for this surprise mm-hmm. break, guys. What could it be? Get ready for it? I don't know, but I hope it's about Bo. Oh, Bo. Okay. Cue the music. All right. So this is not our real sponsor today, but it's our dream come true, our wet dream come true, to have Bo Burnham himself (laughs) sponsor one of our episodes. So we're going to do an ad for him. Go listen to Bo Burnham on YouTube and lower your expectations about postpartum care because we love you, Bo. Oh, Oh, Bo. So we got a good bit of messages of people giving suggestions for postpartum, things that got them through. We said name one thing, and of course, it's usually more than one thing. Well, I love this one because it says, Meredith's amazing boozy booby bread. (laughs) What what is that? Um, It's Guinness and oats and flax. And actually, I know that specific loaf, uh, my bonus daughter made it. So she actually makes better boozy booby bread than I do. So that's supposed to help your breast milk production, correct? Yes. So dark beer and oats and flax are really, really good for helping with milk production. So I was making that for a couple clients. And she said her husband, Robert, ate most of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It will not make men lactate. Don't worry. (laughs) His milk was really flowing. So that's a great... um, I want to just touch on relationships... I don't know what I'm doing with that paper. Just take it from me. The brain shut down. (laughs) Postpartum is so hard on relationships. And I think it's um, for many, many reasons, but men and women, Mm -hmm. different partners, different personalities approach it differently. So it's really hard for partners to help you if you are nursing. Um, There's just so much. I can't, I could talk about this for hours and hours, but for example, like men, partners will often feel left out when you're nursing yeah Mm -hmm. all your focus is on the baby and you're not you're not ignoring them or leaving them out on purpose but a lot of partners a lot of men in general um, touches their love language yeah so postpartum you are not supposed to be having sex or doing anything I mean you can do stuff that's sexual but like your boobs are like being used 24 7 like you can't put anything in your vagina and your hormones are making it so that that's like the last thing on your mind and they take it personally and and we are meant to not be sexually attracted to other people while we're nursing so it just creates this wall that kind of builds because you're not feeling understood because you're like completely touched out and you're awake in a way that nobody that's not had a baby will ever understand including your partner even in a non-sexual way like you have something on you at all times so even just like 
You just need space just, for just yourself. Touching in general, non-sexual yeah. touching can be too much when you're just like constantly have a child on so you. So I think the suggestion for that is um, again lower your expectations and lower know and communicate. This too shall pass yeah. and communicate and know that you will come to the point again where you come again and <laughs> that you will want to touch each other again. In a relationship, I mean, it's, it sounds funny for me to say don't take it personally. I mean, it's the most personal thing you'll ever experience, but yeah. it's just it's not about way you. Of, yeah, it's not about <laughs> you. Um, find a way to help each other. I don't know how to suggest to do that because it's really hard. But well, that's um, each couple has their own way of like. Not and you're not that. the only couple. Literally, every couple has a problem. So just oh, yeah. know you're not alone, and everyone is dealing with this. Make a dad's this. group. I love birth and beer. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do that one. All right. Oh, I just had someone ask me about that on on a, you know, little note. Okay. Next one was nap. I had to nap every day with an eye patch, earplugs, and away from everything because she couldn't sleep otherwise. (laughs) That happens a lot. My body needed it to heal and my husband was able to help. After first mentally, at first mentally, I needed my sister and mom to tell me that I needed counseling. I didn't want to hear it, but it was true. So I think this goes back to the fact that sometimes when you need help, um, it can be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And um, other people have to point it out sometimes because yep. you're so deep in and it. And she's saying she didn't want to hear it, but it was true. And I should have started sooner. So take that advice from other people if you mm-hmm. need it. Um, I didn't think I could with a baby, but when I did get me through. I don't, I think that means nap. She didn't think she could with the baby, but when she did nap, it helped get her through. Sleep Pretty simple, so important. but not easy. But seriously, like put the eye yeah. patch on, put the earplugs in, or like get a white noise machine. Mm-hmm. Just completely find a way to separate yourself from and what's going someone, on around you. Have someone that you know can be in charge of the baby so you don't have to have that mental load of thinking about mm-hmm. the baby. Um, I, I just wanted to, I also got a comment on, a, on another post that we didn't print out. I wanted to say real quick about um, prepare for what is normal for breastfeeding babies and know that in advance because there's a lot of unrealistic expectations about that. Yeah. And a lot of people will get nervous thinking normal behavior is not normal. Um, So do research about that. Ask your providers about that so you have a a good expectation of what's normal for breastfeeding. And then take those expectations and lower them. And then lower them some more. Oh, okay. We have another one from Nicole. Thank the universe for the capability to send pictures through text, all the food from people, and the baby high that makes you feel less sleep-deprived. But for real, being able to directly contact your midwife instead of calling an OB office just to be sent to leave a message on a nurse's line was beyond a doubt the most comforting. Individualized care is one of the biggest reasons we utilize a birth center and didn't even realize just how heavily important it was postpartum. Get a bomb-ass midwife, doula, friends, partner. Just stack up the support Holla. because you can't have too much. You cannot have too much <laughs> Never, support. ever. Forever, it's ever. so important. Forever, ever. I mean, if we're going to, like, buy a car, I keep comparing birth to a car, but you, like, do research. Tra- you did have a very traumatic, traumatic experience in your career. car buying, so <laughs> I can see but why. But you research for months. And yeah. then we, I have women that don't even take the one-day childbirth class, and I I'm know. like, no yeah. wonder you're shocked. You can't just prepare for birth by being pregnant, like, we are not a community. We're not a village anymore. So we need to learn and educate mm-hmm. ourselves. Plug for our <laughs> next, next episode. Next up, how to be a village. <laughs> it takes a village. Okay, I think we have one more letter. One and more. Um, I think this is an important one because this comes from somebody who had pretty severe postpartum depression mm-hmm. and, and her thoughts on uh, postpartum. Yeah, she's one of these mamas that you're thankful exists because all the people who know her will be able to learn from her experience. And she has just so many different experiences to share. 
Um, As does her partner. Yes, yeah. for sure. He actually wrote in for our dad episode too. So mm-hmm. they really do have a lot, um, lot to give. So I wanted to share a few thoughts I had about postpartum life because I had two very different experiences and I feel like postpartum is my new jam. <laughs> it's my jam. I can totally see you're saying that. My new jam. <laughs> All three of you were there, us. That's us. For my first go of it, so I'll keep it short, but I wanted to send this in mainly for any mamas out there struggling with mental health issues in the pregnancy or postpartum stage. And also, like, I feel like reaching out to other women and being supportive helps you process it and own it more, too, because at least, like, your experience is, like, helping others. So that can also be, like, very healing for people. So with my first... Sorry, that was just me going on a tangent. (laughs) Okay. With my first baby, I started experiencing some pretty serious postpartum anxiety and depression about four weeks after delivery. Without going into all the details, and there's a lot of details, she went through a lot. She went through so much. I was having regular panic attacks, insomnia, feelings that my family and baby would be better off without me, and then even more serious thoughts that if I were dead, all of this would be over and better. Not how I thought I'd feel after having a baby, right? After a few days of talking with family and my lovely midwife friends, I realized pretty quickly that it was out of the scope of getting better on its own. I got medical help, but even that was a process navigating the mental health system. Unhelpful obese, trying to find a psychiatrist that doesn't have a three-month waiting list, eventually ended up just going to the ER. After getting on medicine, exercise, counseling, things got better. But it took a while. I also found out I had some postpartum thyroid issues that were adding to my symptoms. Fast forward... I think we should talk just like really quickly that sometimes there is an actual health problem. It's not just mental health. Yeah. Because your thyroid levels being off totally messes with your whole. And she didn't have any problems before. So I now will always check mom's thyroid if they start having severe symptoms like she did because it was, I mean, she was completely depleted. Yeah. So it's a good thing to know for people that it's, it could be another tool. Yeah. In your bag. Yeah. Everything is usually connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so this podcast is for providers and I really wish that I had known sooner to check a thyroid. So, hey, providers, check check the the thyroid. thyroid. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward a year and a half, and we found out we were pregnant again. I was nervous that postpartum would be the same thing. But this time, we were more proactive, set up a better plan of practical help, medicine, knew what warning signs to look for, etc. The second postpartum was so much better. It was still hard AF. (laughs) You don't know that means that's fuck. I think babies just are. (laughs) What does it mean, Jessica? Yeah, Jess, what does that mean? AF? As F. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so close. <laughs> wait for the. I, I bet you will get her to drop the f bomb when she's talking about circumcision. Yeah, I can't wait for nope. that one. <laughs> if she okay. doesn't drop it during her her presentation, probably not. I think babies just are. Haha, <laughs> hard af. It still kind of sucked, but it wasn't unmanageable. It wasn't overwhelming to the point of truly feeling like I couldn't do it. Some days I could. F- some days I could feel those feelings coming back, but other days they were kept at bay. I think to any mom that has had postpartum mental health struggles and is scared of having them again, I would say the experiences can be so much different. So have hope. Be honest as freak with everyone. And that was not an edit. She said freak. Because you're worth it and your baby will love the heck out of you no matter how your postpartum goes. That was some of the best advice Kim gave me. She said, one day your toddler will come up to you and go, I love you, mommy, and it'll all be worth it. And it is. And then they go back to driving you crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Up and down all the time. And then she goes on to say that her baby puked on her, so she's going to go drink wine. Yay, you're awesome. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. um, You really do have an amazing story. Yeah. And you rocked both of those births. Oh, my gosh. That Mm -hmm. was what was so crazy about it was her births. 
were brilliant. And then the postpartum was just like so night hard. and day. From, from a provider standpoint, it was hard for me to watch someone that had such a powerful, beautiful rock out birth. And mm-hmm. it's like she was, she had so much issue postpartum. She couldn't appreciate, yeah. you know, not that she just didn't got appreciate, shrouded. but she couldn't see how strong and amazing she was through the yeah. fog of depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that happens a lot. I, th- I agree. So I think um, it's time to wrap it up. So we want to wrap it up. Always with, wrap um, it up. Wrap it up. Please, Always for God's sakes, wrap it wrap up. Wrap it before you We love our it. job, but we'd rather you wrap it up and then come <laughs> see us when you're ready. <laughs> so I think that there was a couple things, a few main things that we want you to take away from this episode. Uh, number one, don't be afraid to ask for help. Number two, get a good baby wrap. They are a lifesaver. Number three, hire a postpartum doula if you don't have the community around to help you the way you need. Um, number four, watch Bo Burnham <laughs> for lots of giggles to yes. go with all of the shit. He also might make you cry, but you're going to be crying anyways he for makes, hormonal reasons, so might shit. as well enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> better. Number five, lower your expectations. Lower them. Lower your expectations. And finally, <laughs> and finally don't be afraid to ask wait, for wait, help. Rewind. Readily. So and finally, don't, don't be afraid, afraid to ask for help. help. Cheers. I just kept going. Cheers. Cheers with our water. <laughs> 312. Cheers. <laughs>